Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am your host, Melissa Dealey, and excited to start a new theme with today's episode, a theme on the topic of supplementation. And I know that there are people out there who believe that supplementation is a waste of money because you're just peeing the supplements back out and it's money down the toilet. But I want to dig into the definition of supplementation and go into why we need to be supplementing in this day and age and some of my uh, recommended much needed supplements based on where we're at in the world today. So first of all, the definition of supplement is to add on to what we're already doing. And so in this case, supplementation is used to add on to the food that we're eating. And of course, we want to get the vitamins and minerals from the food that we're eating, but that is just getting harder and harder to do in today's world. And as a result, it has created a greater need to supplement and buy good quality supplement brands that are giving us what our body needs in the form of a capsule or a liquid, um, in a really condensed form so that our body can benefit from that and still be able to function at optimal levels. So today, in today's world, we have malnutrition in first world countries. And I know people are aware that in third world countries, there's malnutrition, there's people that are just simply not getting enough food to eat. But even in first world countries where we have plentiful food, a lot of that food is nutrient deficient. And as a result, we do have people in first world countries that are also um, lacking many of the vitamins and nutrients that their body needs for optimal function. In fact, the standard American diet today only has 17 of the 990 um, nutrients that our body needs for optimal function of our microbiome or our gut health. So right there, we are sadly lacking. We also have 33% of children between the ages of six and 19 years old, now overweight or obese. We have two thirds of adults being overweight and one third being obese. We have 90% are not meeting the daily nutrient requirements for vegetable intake and 75% do not meet the daily fruit requirement intake. And this is from the 2012 CDC stats. So that's almost 10 years ago. It could be even worse than that today. 
what do we need in terms of fruit and veg intake? Because of course, that's where so many of our nutrients are. And eating the rainbow gives us a, a broader spectrum of nutrients. And I talked about this in my episodes that were themed on food, but it's important. So I'm going to repeat it again. Ideally, we want to be having at least seven to nine cups of fruit and vegetables every day. And how do you do that? That might sound like a lot, but if you start your day with a smoothie that has two cups of fruit in it and maybe a cup of vegetables, and then at lunch, you can be doing another one cup of fruit perhaps and two cups of veggies and the same again at dinner. And right there, you've got your nine cups. When you break it down by mealtime, it's not as hard to do and it doesn't sound as overwhelming. But let's talk about why our food is so nutrient deplete in today's day and age. Even for those that are eating a plant, a largely plant-based diet um, and getting their seven to nine cups, they are still potentially going to be nutrient deplete. And that is because our soil systems are nutrient deplete. And that is a result of industrial agriculture that has been going on for over a hundred years where we're using big machines to grow as many crops as we can and often growing a single crop at a time. And we are not allowing the soil to settle between crops for it to be able to rejuvenate the nutrients in the soil. And we plant again, and we plant again, and we plant again. And so each time there's less and less nutrients in the soil. And if the nutrients are not in the soil, they will not be in the food that is grown uh, in that soil. And therefore they're not in the food that we are buying at the supermarket. Now it may be different if you are buying from a farmer's market where you're speaking to the farmer and he's a micro farmer and he actually does allow his land to settle and moves his crops and grows multiple crops together in the same land, then his food is going to be, have, uh, be more nutrient dense than what is arriving into your supermarket store. As an example, if we go back to say the 1930s or 40s to the days of my grandmother, if she were to eat one orange then, in order for me today to get the same number of nutrients from um, the orange that she got, I would have to eat nine oranges in one sitting. Now that's a lot of oranges. Who does that? Nobody does that because there's a lot of fiber in oranges as well. And you would fill up and get too full before you were ever able to eat nine oranges in one sitting. But that's just an example of the degree to which our food has become nutrient deplete over the span of the last 50, 60, 70 years. So here's some stats for you. Um, this is going back from 1950 to the year 2000. We are seeing 6% less protein in our food because we have weaker plants. We're seeing 16% less calcium, 9% less phosphorus, 15% less iron, 38% less riboflavin or vitamin B2, 20% less vitamin C. And then 68% of Americans are magnesium deficient. And that is essentially the same in Canada, the same in Australia, the same across our you know, English speaking Western world. 
because our soils are so depleted. And this is where we need to be making this up because we're eating empty food and we can't eat more and more and more because that's taking on calories and can result in weight gain, all sorts of things. And sometimes you just can't, like I couldn't eat nine oranges in one sitting, but what I can do is I can supplement in order to ensure my body has what it needs in order to function at an optimal level. Another reason that we um, can get into a nutrient deficient state is that stress burns through our vitamins and minerals. It particularly uses up our B vitamins, which help the body cope better with stress, but when they're all gone, then the body has nothing left to work with. Same with magnesium, stress is burning through magnesium and it's burning through many of our minerals like calcium and sodium and iodine and selenium and chromium and phosphorus, et cetera, et cetera. And we don't realize it, but stress is having us burn through these using the, the bodies, using them to help the body cope in that stressful moment. But also when we're eating in the stress state, the food that we are eating is not being broken down fully. Therefore, those nutrients are not being absorbed. And many of them are just, you know, being going out through our bowel movements or our urine and we're not getting the benefit of them. So this is an ongoing issue in today's world and a big reason why there is such a need for us to be supplementing today. So I have some recommendations of supplements that I share with my clients and that I would love to share with you. Of course, on a podcast, uh, I'm not giving anybody health advice here. This is simply education and you can take this education and you can talk to your pharmacist, pharmacist about whether this is a good idea for you or your doctor. And especially if you're on other medications, you would want to check this out. But the great news is, is that nobody has ever died from a supplement overdose. So this center of um, poison control has never had one proven case of somebody dying from vitamins. They're very, very safe. And in, in many cases, they will uh, let you know, your body will know when you've had enough. And I'll talk about that when we talk about magnesium and vitamin C. So you get signals of when your body has had enough and that happens long before, you know, there's any kind of negative effect of death, right? So, however, the sad thing is, is that with prescription drugs, people are dying every day, unfortunately. And in fact, the number is estimated at around 125,000 people per year in the U.S. are dying from the use of prescription drugs when they are using them as prescribed by their doctor and very often given to them in hospitals. And they're using them exactly as they should and they're still dying, which is tragic. And so I really believe that there's a lot that we can do with supplementation to keep our body healthy and um, functioning at optimal levels. But there's also the, a lot that we can do with vitamins from a therapeutic perspective as well. And that will take us into the whole topic of orthomolecular medicine, which I will talk about in my next podcast. 
But for today, I just want to talk about four supplements that I believe most people in the first world should be taking on an ongoing basis. So the first one is magnesium. I've already said that 68% of Americans are deficient and it is used in over 300 cellular functions in the body. And it is really important in helping keep the body calm and very helpful in helping us cope with stress, in helping the body calm in order to get to sleep. And a good quality magnesium supplement can be taken at bedtime in order to help with sleep. And there's also another way of getting magnesium if you're wanting to give it to children because you can, and it can also help children calm, is simply Epsom salts in your bath. They are full of magnesium and the skin absorbs them very well. And so that's a great thing to do before bed in order to help the body calm and make it easier to get to sleep. But you can also take a magnesium supplement in the morning as well. That's just a suggestion for anybody that has sleep issues, etc. So because magnesium is used in over 300 cellular functions in the body and 68% are deficient, it's highly likely that you could be as well. And it may be something that you want to add to um, your regime in order to help your body calm and just boost all of those cellular functions in your body. I actually tested for my magnesium level through my doctor a couple of years ago and told her about this and said that I had been doing a talk and I had told people that they could go and get tested to see what their levels are and then supplement if needed. And she just looked at me and said, tell them not even to bother with the testing. It's so likely that they're going to be deficient. They should just start taking it. So I thought that was really interesting. But again, I'm providing education and you can talk to your doctor or your pharmacist who is more likely to be trained in both pharmaceutical and um, vitamins and supplements if there's any medication that you're on that there might be any contraindication with. And generally, there aren't contraindications. In fact, your medication is causing your body to be more deficient in many vitamins and minerals. And as a result of your medication, it's even more important to be supplementing to put those back into your body. The next one that I want to talk about are your omega-3 essential fatty acids. Now, for omega-3s, it's also, it's about 80% of North Americans that are deficient in omega-3s. And what I mean by deficient is omega-3s need to be in balance with omega-6s. And so when I say deficient, they are deficient in relation to the omega-6 intake. Omega-3s are excellent for brain health, heart health, eye, skin, nail, joint, hormone, and cell health. But the body cannot make these, and that's why they are called essential. We have to get them through our food supply or supplement. And omega-6s are very easy to get through our food supply. And of course, omega-3s are not so easy. And as a result, our omega-6 levels are just naturally higher. Omega-6s are in just about all of our foods, whereas omega-3s we tend to find in our fatty fish like anchovies, sardines, wild salmon, mackerel, and more seafood. And then there are some plant-based sources as well, like 
flax seeds and chia seeds and more. However, when it's coming from a plant-based source, the body has to go through an extra process to break it down and use it. So you get less from it when you eat only the plant-based version. Now, going back to our hunter-gatherer days, their diet provided them with an omega-6 to omega-3 ratio of three to one. Today, our diet has us at 18 to one, 18 omega-6s to one omega-3. Now, omega-6s are the inflammatory essential fatty acid, while omega-3s are the anti-inflammatory essential fatty acid. So that ratio of 18 to one is highly, highly inflammatory. And don't get me wrong, we do need good inflammation. We need inflammation when we injure ourselves and that area, the swollen ankle, the ankle swells, right? To help it heal. Or even the area around a cut will swell as the healing begins. So we need good inflammation. What we don't need is chronic inflammation that is happening largely as a result of our diet and what we're eating aside from other issues going on inside our body, like our toxic load and our gut health and our stress levels and our hormone imbalances, et cetera, et cetera. So when we bring our omega-3s and omega-6s into balance, we significantly lower the inflammation on the body. So ideally where we want to be in today's world is we want to be at a ratio of five omega-6s to one omega-3, which very often requires supplementing more with omega-3s because not enough of us are getting our omega-3s through our diet. If you're not eating anchovies and sardines and uh, mackerel and wild salmon four times a week, then you're, you're not getting enough omega-3s relative to the rest of your diet. So this is something that I recommend all people take all the time because it's so hard to get to an optimal level from diet alone. And in fact, uh, I can run lab tests to determine your inflammation level. And I love this lab test because then we know exactly where you're at and what your ratio is. But not only that, within omega-3s, there's something called DHA and e EPA. And we can see whether you need more of one than the other. And then based on that, we can determine which type of supplement is going to be ideal for your body. And when we do this properly and we bring your body into a state of balance, we lower the risk of sudden death by cardiovascular disease by 90%, 90%. There isn't a pharmaceutical drug out there that can do that. And that's really amazing because it's so easy to do. You just need to know that you can, right? And here's the thing. The number one cause of death in North America is cardiovascular disease. So if we had more people focusing on supplementing with good quality omega-3s, we would be able to lower the number of deaths by cardiovascular disease. That's how incredible and how important our omega-3 supplementation is and keeping that omega-3 to omega-6 ratio in balance. The next one is vitamin D3. Now we all know we get vitamin D from the sun and that's great, but do we get enough sunlight onto enough of our skin every day throughout the year? 
Well, if you live in Canada like I do, the answer is no, it's impossible. And in fact, the entire northern half of the US up into Canada, northern Europe, we do not get enough vitamin D3 from the sun because our sun isn't strong enough for much of the year. And for the time that it is strong enough, we'd all have to be running around in bikinis and swim shorts. And we don't do that, right? So we have to supplement and vitamin D is excellent for immune health, brain health, respiratory health, as well as bone and teeth health. And it helps regulate insulin levels. And again, so, so many people are deficient. In fact, this was another one that I had my doctor test me for a couple of years ago before I could do my own lab testing. And I had been supplementing with it because I knew how, uh, important it was. And I knew that many people were deficient. So I supplemented for a while, assuming that I too was deficient. And about six months later, I decided to have a lab run. So I did, I had to pay for it. That's all fine. And when I got the results, my doctor said to me, wow, how come your levels are optimal? I don't know anybody with optimal levels except my elite athletes. And I said, well, I supplement. And that's great to know that my levels are optimal. And then when COVID hit in March of 2020, I had so much less on my plate, right? I had so much more time and we had a really lovely spring. So I was getting outside for lovely walks every day and listening to podcasts and just being in the sun. And I thought, well, I'm getting more sun now and I'm in t-shirts and, you know, capris or shorts. So I've got a lot more skin exposed. So maybe I don't have to take as much every day. And I dropped my dose from 4,000 IU or four drops because I use the liquid. So four drops under my tongue, I dropped it down to only 2,000 IU and two drops under my tongue. And then I did my own lab test in August of that year and found that I had actually dropped just below optimal levels. And I realized, wow, even spending a little bit more time every day in the sun is not enough. And so as a result, I once again increased the amount of vitamin D3 that I was taking back to the 4000 IU or four drops under my tongue every day. And then I lab tested again six months later and was able to determine that my uh, vitamin D levels were back at optimal levels, which I was very happy about because of course, COVID attacks the respiratory system. And so I wanted to know that I was doing all that I could for my respiratory system. And one of those was taking vitamin D. And then the fourth supplement that I'm adding to my list that I um, recommend to all of my clients that I'm working with is simply vitamin C. And this is one that I had taken for granted until I recently did a course and learned so much more about the power of vitamin C. And so I've now added it because vitamin C is the body's most powerful antioxidant nutrient. We do not make it in our body. Animals do, but humans do not. And so we must supplement because again, I can't eat nine oranges in one sitting, but not only is it our most powerful antioxidant nutrient to help our body cope with you know, cellular breakdown and stress and et cetera, and the toxic load. It's also an antiviral. It's an antipyretic, which means it helps to lower a fever. It's an antitoxin. And it's also an antihistamine and an antidepressant, as well as an anti-infective vitamin. So one vitamin is doing all of that. 
and lack of it can cause many problems. This is a vitamin that does need to be taken in divided doses because it's water soluble. So if you just take it once a day, your body will use up what you've taken and then not have any left for the rest of the day. And if you take too much once a day, then it's just gonna get rid of what it doesn't need in that moment, but then still have nothing left for the rest of the day. So you can take it you know, three times a day with meals or at least twice a day. And this one, um, like magnesium, your tolerance of the amount that your body needs will be determined by your bowel movements. So both vitamin C and magnesium will cause soft stools. And this can actually be really helpful for people that are struggling with constipation. Um, they can do magnesium at night and vitamin C in the morning. And you, your level that your body requires is just below whatever it is that gives you the runs, right? Nobody wants the runs all the time, but when you get to that point, you're like, okay, that's too much for my body. I'm gonna lower my dose. I was taking myself throughout the winter season, 6,000 in divided doses of 2,000, 2,000, 2,000, breakfast, lunch, and dinner daily. Again, you know, wanting to boost my immune system through this pandemic. And now that spring and summer are here, I have reduced that to just 2,000 at breakfast and 2,000 at dinner. The, the saying is that you take enough to get the job done. What does that mean? That means you take enough so that you're not getting symptoms of illness, no colds or runny noses, et cetera, no coughs, sneezing, any viruses. And so that was the dose that I took. And guess what? I can't even remember the last time I had a cold or any kind of sickness. I think it might've actually been pre-COVID, February, 2020. I do recall having a little bit of a cold and I wasn't supplementing with vitamin C then. So this is very inexpensive. Again, you want to get a good source. You don't want the sugary flavored ones. You want to have a good source, vitamin C, a good quality. Um, typically it's called ascorbic acid and um, it's incredibly powerful. In fact, I put its antihistamine use to the test recently with my own daughter. She was sick. She um, is allergic to cats. We have cats in our home. And when she gets sick, that will trigger an asthma attack just because of the cats. She loves the cats, so we can't get rid of the cats. One of them is her cat and she just lives with that. But when she starts to get sick between the allergy and the sickness, it triggers an asthmatic response. And she actually started having breathing difficulties quite quickly. In fact, I was worried that it was COVID. And instead though, of taking her to the clinic to be having them put a drip into her, um, I started high dosing her with vitamin C and gave her a lot of vitamin C in the span of an hour because I knew that what's the worst thing that's going to happen. She's going to get diarrhea. I think it's more important that she can breathe than if I worry about if she has diarrhea, right? So I gave her about 4,000 IU as kind of a load up factor to get her body going. And then every 10 minutes, I gave her another 2000 for that hour. And by the end of the hour, she was back to breathing normally because the antihistamine effect of the vitamin C had kicked in. We didn't have to go to the clinic. She was fine. She was fine the next day. She did have some diarrhea. She wasn't happy about that, but I reminded her at least she could breathe, right? And then she's actually been fine ever since because I started having her take vitamin C morning and night. She wasn't listening to me before this event, but now she is, and she's actually taking it 
and she hasn't had any symptoms of sickness and it's probably been about a month now and she had actually been carrying a low-grade cold for much of the season and some kind of virus for much of the winter season and now that's gone and so just adding vitamin c to her regimen and having her actually listen to me and do it was really beneficial in helping her get over her virus so those are the top four that i recommend and as I said, this is purely edu educational basis only. Talk to your pharmacist, talk to your doctor if you're on other medications. And if you would like to reach out to ask me for recommendations of quality products and where you can buy them, I would be more than happy to respond to you by email. You can just email me at melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com and I can point you in the right direction so that you know that you're getting supplement products that will actually get the job done. So thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that was really informative and helpful for you. And next week, I will have a guest on the show. And he will be telling his story of how he used supplementation and nutrition to heal himself from melanoma just last year in 2020. So I look forward to having you come back and join me next week as well. So just before we wrap up, I'm excited to let you know that my next health kickstart and detox program is starting soon. It starts on July the 6th. And if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you will be starting to understand the impact that toxins has on our body and the difference we can make in our health outcomes simply by getting those toxins out. So this is a group program over four weeks. The first week is setting you up for success on the detox. Then we talk about nutrition and the right way to eat for your unique body. I follow that with a week on digestion and understanding how to optimize that so your body can actually break down the food that you're eating and you can benefit from the vitamins and minerals that are contained in that food. And the last week is all about sugar, where it's sneaking into your diet and how to get it out. And of course, I wrap it all up with a bonus video at the end that I sent to you on how not to retox after your detox and how to come off that detox and take these new habits into your daily life so that you can enjoy better health. So I'll put the link into the show notes for that program. You can check it out as well as my quiz, the Discover Your Toxic Load Quiz. If you haven't done that yet, you might want to do that because the results will show you whether you should be doing a seven, a 14, or a 21-day detox. Most people do start with a 21-day detox because, of course, we live in a toxic world, and it's time to get those toxins out. So check that out in the show notes. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.